Welcome to the Queer Comedy Podcast with David Ian and Kate Dale, where funny peculiar meets funny haha. Hi everyone, welcome to the Queer Comedy Podcast. I am David Ian. And I'm Kate Dale. And this is a new monthly podcast that's going to go alongside a brand new comedy night that we have started called the Queer Comedy Club. And today we are joined by all of the people that are starring in our very first night at Zodiac tonight. So um, what we're going to do is get them to go along and introduce themselves and say what comedy means to them. But we'll get Kate to start. Yeah, so I'm, I've said I'm Kate Dale. I don't do that again, no. do I? Uh, so I, th- I got into stand-up fairly recently, two or three months ago. And I think it's come out of a long love of showing off and grabbing microphones. But also it's been a really helpful and good way of, I think, being out and proud about my sexuality, which I only realised fairly late in life. Uh, And I, I mean, I just love comedy generally. I was a big stand-up comedy fan before I started doing it. But for me, I think it's actually really helped me process things that have happened in life and, like, use comedy from that point of view. We are really funny, though. We We are hilarious. sound like TED Talks. We are. Right, let's start (laughs) at this end. Hello, uh, so I'm Matthew Alley, and I started in around March, so... Or five months and that's like comedy because it really really scares me and I think like I tend to gravitate towards things that make me very comfortable and this does not make me feel what comfortable. a great reason to do mm, yeah. amazing next um I'm Ben Pollard and I started comedy because I wanted people to clap at me um <laughs> but I can't really dance or sing and um I'm not gonna get pregnant so I thought <laughs> <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Sally Ann Fellows, and um, I got into comedy by accident, but I I basically, whenever I saw a, a microphone on a stage, I just wanted to go and say something in it, so I just thought oh, I'd give it a try. Yeah. I, I, my name is Jeremy Tott, um, I got in comedy for the dick. No, it's amazing. So I honed my comedy skills at high school because I was trying to not get killed, um, so I decided to put it on stage and uh, and keep going with it. Um, hi, I'm Michael Cumes. Uh, I got into comedy uh, for attention and revenge. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were given a comedy name, so you had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice. People have been laughing at me my whole life, so... And I'm Rushi McCallion, um, and I got into comedy as part of a research project. You can listen to our other podcast, Mediocre Gay, the podcast that um, Roisin has been on, and she'll explain the full details of that. Uh, I actually got into comedy because um, all of my friends at the pub were like, oh, you're really funny, you'd be great on stage. And I was convinced that I would be terrible and in the end I was like fine I'll do this comedy course just to prove to you how bad I am and as soon as I stood on stage I was like oops I really love it you really love it mm. yeah most of the time some of the time actually no yeah it's it's very much a battered wife situation I think Stockholm syndrome I think we could maybe call it better than battered wife okay. I think <laughs> uh but not that I'm trying to censor you um <laughs> I think that would be something that would be really interesting to discuss it's a very weird art form to have because uh, yeah uh Somebody said to me once uh, on the circuit, you're only ever as happy as your last gig. And every mm. night you stand up your place, I think it might have been you, Michael, actually, that every time you stand on stage, you're giving your happiness and self sense of well-being <laughs> to a group of random, largely indifferent strangers. Yeah. Mm. So I guess we should just touch on why we started the Queer Comedy Club. So we had a bit of a discussion, Kate and I, and we were very much like, 
a bit bored of mainly performing in straight places where we felt like the vibe is just very different yeah. for us. Um, and it adds an extra layer. And we really wanted to go somewhere or create something that we, we could, could really lean into the queerness of what we do um, and perform for other queer people, but also try and create a bit of a platform and alongside that a community for other queer people doing what we're doing. Um, so if you are a queer comedian, we have set up a Facebook group, um, which I should have checked what it's called, but I think it's called the Queer Comedy Club Community, I think, I think on Facebook. So you can join that. Um, and we've got a couple of nights uh, and bits and pieces like that. So that's why we set it up. And the very first like launch gig that we did was just a tiny little low profile thing where we performed at Milton Keynes Pride, which was very exciting. Which and a number of us here did that, yeah, um, which was very exciting. And then we've got um, the launch of our regular night, uh, which is monthly from September at Zodiac Bar. And then an open mic night that runs uh, monthly at John the Unicorn down in Peckham. So loads of opportunities if you're a queer comedian to get involved. And if you just love comedy or you want to come and like laugh, loads of places that you can come and do it. And hopefully that will be a really uh, special and safe space as well, where especially with the open mic night, we can try new material, maybe go further than we perhaps feel comfortable uh, doing open mics and things in largely straight spaces um, because although we will all have very different experiences and things, and it doesn't just have to be about being queer, but we'll all have had different experiences of that. We've all got that mutual support there, which is maybe slightly different when we're on more of a mixed bill in straight spaces. And I know sometimes I found that quite um, challenging or not maybe as welcoming. And it's not blaming individuals for that. It's just, it's just different. I also really, to be honest, really like, hanging out with queer people well yeah we hate straight people um <laughs> <laughs> that's very much a personal thing let's all talk about the things we hate about straight do you know people. what it, do you know what it is just as you were saying that i was reminded of um so often before you started comedy when you would be my bringer we would be in in a room where there was comedy going on and i would be somewhere like not first in the bill and I'd be just turned to you and be like, they are not my crowd. They're going to absolutely hate what I'm going to do. Yep. And there's this real added element to it where I'm like, I'm about to, like for years, for decades, I've been like walking around being like, oh, everybody knows I'm gay and I wish they didn't know I was gay. And now I'm going to stand up in front of this group of people who like you say are largely indifferent about the fact that I'm even there. And my opening thing is about being gay. And that just adds like an extra layer of, I don't want to say... I don't want to say danger because that sounds really dramatic, but it's like a, a really conscious thing that you have to take a deep breath mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I'm going to do this. And there was there was a gig um, where it was all men on the gig except this one M MC, the wonderful Katie McLeod, who's just an, like a, a really special comedian, really great person. Um, and the, there was five men in the audience who were really drunk, really aggressive. They've been drinking for hours. Some of them had just flown in from New York and it was a really unpleasant environment and they were crucifying all of the other acts and I felt really unsafe. Um, and I went and spoke to her and I said, I didn't want to go on. And she was like, you should go on because it's going to be like this a lot, but I will be here just in case anything happens. And I slightly changed my set. And when I first stood up, I said, I used a really offensive word to describe myself that begins with F um, that I'm not going to say today. Um, but I used that to really sort of like shock them and 
I think what I was doing was making it so that I said the, like the worst thing before they did mm -hmm. so that it then like made me take control of it. And I think that's really where like that idea of yeah. Michael's finding this hilarious. No, 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 no. I was just trying to think of words beginning with F, which is describe you. Begins with <laughs> <laughs> like, fantastic. It's going to say Frodo, but like, <laughs> <laughs> just so offensive. Um, but I think like that's really where I started to be like, I wonder if we could, like, I don't want to have to be like that all the time. I don't want, like, when, mm. when Katie was like, you need to get used to this because this is what it's going to be like. I was like, does it have to be, though? Mm, do, yeah. like, does it need to be? Is that really what I want? So we thought we'd do this podcast that goes alongside it where some of the comedians that we're working with that month could share some experiences in that. So with that in mind, let's go to Jeremy first. Hello. Uh, and so, Jeremy, I think we sort of touched a bit on this already, I think, in some of our reasons for getting involved, but... Um, how do you think this is, how do you think being queer has affected your comedy and how you approach it? I realise that's a very difficult question because you don't know what it's like not to be queer, so therefore how would you know? But how has it shaped your, your comedy, do you think? So I remember um, always feeling like I had to come out at every performance. Yes, I say that. Yeah. yeah. And coming out is a thing that no one wants to do and we shouldn't have to do, but but you do, but you but you do, and it's it's a big part of your journey, right? And that I spent like what, 18 years trying to avoid doing it and I crippled myself emotionally. You know, I, I damaged myself forever by keeping myself in the closet for that long. And then I was like, oh, comedy, that's like, I'm going to let it all go and it's all going to be like really free. And oh, hang on a minute, I'm now coming out again. And it's not like I was asked, it's just internally I was like, I have to do can this I, now. Can I ask you a question about it? Of course. Is it? No. I wonder, I, see, because I feel exactly the same and I feel like the reason why I do it is because if I don't, if I don't acknowledge within the first 30 seconds that I know I'm gay, I feel like it becomes like this unspoken thing, which it then feels like I'm ashamed about it. They get distracted by like thinking about it. And I feel like it, like there's too much tension around it that I need to mm -hmm. remove immediately. Is it the same for you or is it a different? Completely. And certainly when you first start, when I first started and it was all you predominantly really heavily straight males on, on the bill um, where they would launch into something that was totally different. From, I mean, what would I do? What would I say? Maybe I should just go in and start talking about pussy and just really fool them. I'm so sorry. What do you even <laughs> know about that? <laughs> I'll help you up. Rasheen. <laughs> Give us a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> a lesson in pussy with Roshi and McCallion. That feels like a separate podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, oh. just you out, guys. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but how, like, how is it? How is it as a woman? I think it's a really interesting thing to think about because I think as a woman, I have a very different experience of it. I think there is no assumption of my sexuality. Well, no, there is. There's an assumption I'm straight. So I have it the other way around, in which to me saying it is owning it and getting rid of the kind of assumptions that come with being a reasonably femme-presenting woman. Um, I think I, when I started, I thought my comedy, because a lot of my comedy does focus on my sexuality, I really thought my crowd would kind of be just other queer people. I weirdly found that I'd go into gigs, like I had this one gig that was in a hotel that was like full of businessmen who were like in London just for, and I thought, oh God, they're going to hate this. I was like, I am going to die. They loved it. And I think that there is something in them that they think like, oh my God, it's a lesbian, lol. And actually, <laughs> my existence is quite funny for them. So it's a really interesting thing that I've also had those things where 
Like, I once had an, an MC at a night that was, like, honestly, the amount of stuff that had been said that was just, like, not appropriate. Like, loads of transphobia. Like, it was just, I, I nearly walked out. And I stayed and I did my set. But at the end, came up to me and went, that bit that you do about uh, men being on women looking for women dating apps, that's really important. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, I'm not the Rosa Parks of lesbians <laughs> talking about the fact that I am a lesbian. But, like, I think there's this weird thing in that people think it's woke to laugh at me. So I have a bit of a weird experience around that. Yeah, See, I, get, I get it the other way, where I think if the crowd is too woke, they're like, oh, God, we can't can't laugh at anal. Yeah, they can't. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's ridiculous because it's about inherently funny. <laughs> it's the best thing to do. <laughs> but it is weird because you do expect, like you have that thing, I think, where you expect that certain crowds are going to buy it, certain crowds aren't. And for me, I just find like now I cannot read it at all. Yeah. When I yeah. first started, I refused to play queer audiences didn't yeah. I I was I was convinced that Everything. I was only funny to straight people and that I was like giving them this weird insight into gayness yeah. that would be hilarious and straight and gay people would be like well that's not funny because that's their everyday lives turns out I got that completely wrong mostly straight people don't find me that funny but occasionally queer people do. <laughs> <laughs> and still you keep going and I bow on regardless very much it is interesting though because I used to be there and I used to look at Bill and wait for people to come on and be like please don't be a lesbian please don't be a lesbian <gasps> oh my god I actually yes. kind of fancy you but I oh don't want you to be a lesbian god. now in yeah, your comedy yeah, but yeah. afterwards you can be a lesbian like I used to sit there waiting and be like my only thing is that I'm gay my only thing did is it, that I'm did gay did it affect yeah, yeah. you so I used to make when you could pick where you were on the bill I would always be like I need like I'm gonna have to go early because that guy looks really gay I'm gonna have to go before him because if he's better than me actually the very first time we ever saw Michael was at a gig I was gonna say where it is we won't say where it is um but Kate I think you were my bringer I I think I was performing Michael was sat in front of us um and I'd not we'd not seen him or anything but there was a photo of him (laughs) sorry We'd not, so the first time we ever met Michael, we were at a gig, uh, we were sat behind him and I hadn't seen his face, but there was, this particular gig has images of the people that perform on the, like on a, mm. up on the stage and um, he looked quite gay in the picture and I was like, oh no, he's going to be gay. And I was like, oh no. And um, he got Drenched in cum. I love that picture. You wish, darling, you wish. And that's because David was sat behind you. Yeah, that's what it was. But he stood up and it was really funny and I was I was like it was one of my I did a really bad performance because I was really thrown off by this other person who I felt did the same stuff as me going up and doing a really good job and I and I found that a very difficult and so I think that's another reason for setting up the club is trying because I think I thought that as well and because I talk and mine is all about coming out as bi which also feels very generic because it feels like every queer comedian's first thing has to be their coming out story, which I do. Well, that's not what we will do, actually, but I sometimes wonder if that's me being a bit reductive and derivative anyway. Um, and so I have that thought, but there's something about setting the club where we get over that and we support and encourage each other. As and well I think as very much now, uh, I mostly have, I think, because when you get down to the detail, actually the sets are completely different. They're just different takes yeah. on the same thing. Mm. When you see two straight guys yeah. talking about dating, they're not like, oh no, you spoke about dating and I spoke well, about dating. Well, that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's the realisation yeah. I have, exactly. that nobody's going to be telling the same story as me. Yeah. Things also when you're on the sort of like open mic circuit as well, it's like I'm really excited to see queer people on the yeah. set because yeah. they're going to be funny. 
Like the thing is, it's like it's like oh, oh are they? Oh, oh. most of them. Are good. <laughs> I think I think queer people tend to be funny. I think it's also the same with like when women are on the comedy circuit as well. You just got to offer other sides of women. Yeah. It's going to be funny. Also, yeah. it's different. Like the I'm just MC... bored of seeing the, the straight men. Yeah, the open mic mm. night circuit is full of a lot of overprivileged straight guys who just don't know that they aren't funny. Like, I see, I've come off and had I've come off. I've had chats with. I'm done. let's just talk about how much it's <laughs> I'm going to make this a straight bashing podcast whether you like it or not um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm it was bold. just like it's like you just see a lot of guys coming off stage and being like well that was a good night it's like you did terribly you, like, like not terribly but like you didn't get a very good that many laughs like how can like because if you and if you're thinking every every gig is amazing you're never going to improve because everyone does terribly and then you go like oh I want to kill myself yeah. oh no I'm actually going to just do better and write better jokes um, so so yeah. and there's a lot of straight men who just haven't got the information. It's the overconfidence of a straight white man, isn't it? Oh, exactly. that just, is, yeah. What about you, Matthew? Like, how does it work for you as a straight man? As a straight, <laughs> as a straight man, how is your experience? Uh, that was a joke. Like, clarify that's a joke, right? I'm not straight. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the nails? Yeah, um, the nails are fabulous. No, by the way, to be fair, do you know what? It's actually quite. Um, important for me to like have nail polish on because um, depending on I think the way my personality is it's quite um, fluid right so I think I'm mixed between like being quite masculine and quite feminine in certain situations and so like depending on when people first see me I do believe part of it is because I'm black but maybe because I'm quite big sometimes and I play rugby that people think I'm straight um, and did, I don't like that we didn't the first time we saw no. you because you were dressed head to toe in a sparkly you gave away today's outfit. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, exactly, yeah. And I do those things on purpose because um, where we're talking about, uh, like, you know, um, our identities, I don't think I can separate being queer with being black. I think, like, I can't talk about one without the other. Yeah. Some people want me to and some people say that and sometimes I, I used to think, do I need to separate them and I, and I can't talk about it. But same as being a woman, people can see that I'm black, but they don't always see that I'm gay. So I do it as like this like almost intentional thing. I like bright colours anyway, but I need people to know. And it is to disarm them. I need them to know that I'm gay straight away because then it will inform the rest of my set and I want them to feel comfortable to laugh at the things I'm saying. Yeah. Because I might say something that they think is... I'm, I get really uncomfortable when people say things that aren't related to them. I think the comedy needs to be informed by what yeah. your experience is for the most part or at least somewhere around it. So if you're telling someone else's story, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, so if I'm talking about gay things or being black, which are both the things I talk about... Um, I need you to know that straight away. I, I honestly, I think that that's a really important point. I've always felt like it's, it's, it's our job to tell our stories. And also we don't speak for our whole community. Yeah. You just speak for your like experience and then other people find a truth in that. I mm -hmm. had a review for my show that I did and one, and, and the reviewer commented on the fact that there was lots of other queer stories and I only really appealed to millennial white cis gay males and that there was other stories that I should be telling and I was I I found the review really difficult to read actually but when I processed it I was very much like I think that's entirely wrong I think it's my job to tell my story and it and not mm. to tell Sally mm. Ann's story yeah. or Matthew's story for example like it's, it's it's your job to do that it's my job to help create space for that which hopefully we're we're, we're doing now but not for me to to tell those stories but you might still find some like something relatable in the personal story yeah. that I tell, that's kind of how it works. So I think that's entirely right because we have very different experiences because people look at me and know I'm gay, whether I paint my nails, which I sometimes do or not. Whereas you are in the position where you have to do that for people to know. So like just the way we interact with the world on and off stage is different because of our different backgrounds and how yeah. we present to the world. And I'm interested in whether it's how it's relates because you, you do quite different 
set to what the rest of us do, yeah. do um, hilarious, absolutely hilarious songs. The moment somebody describes something as hilarious, it sounds like it's not, doesn't it? It's one of those words. It's like saying the famous actors. <laughs> they are genuinely hilarious and brilliant and clever. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely yeah. hilarious. Genuinely, genuinely hilarious. hilarious. Double it down on that. We don't laugh, but we do. You are very funny. I was going to ask, but how do you... That's fine, I love so and, and I appreciate thinking about some of the content of those. They may not directly come from personal stories, but how? What, where do you get your inspiration? Oh God, that's such a question. Oh my question. God! Bearing in mind what some of his songs are, where do you think he gets? Pornhub.com, I think you'll find. Dot com? Did I just say? Um, I've kind of made. I guess I don't want to come out on stage, and I've kind of made a point of being like, "Well, I'm. I'm never going to say I'm gay on stage." It's like obviously people know. Like, once you start singing about gay porn, they kind of get the hint. Um, but I just, I just like, kind of going into it, I knew I never wanted to come out on stage. I'm not sure if I've made the right choice or not. Um, but I just feel like, fuck you, I don't want to do that. Um, how old are you, Matthew? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Give us a 34. Right, 34. I, I, I'm, I, I wonder if there's an age thing, because you're 24? Three. 20, yeah. so, twen- so, and you're, you don't have to say, <gasps> older, than, <laughs> older than 23, I'm older than 23, you're older than, like... 304. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm 26, so I'm a little bit older. A, yeah, you're, but when I was younger, like, I used to wear, what I talk about this masculinity thing, I used to wear that with pride, when people used to say, I don't think you were gay, I was like, yes. I've won. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a bit yeah. of a thing with me of that. I mean, I mean, I talk about in my comedy that I used to be absolutely terrified of looking gay and now I'm absolutely terrified of looking straight. straight. Oh my yes. God. Yeah. 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 yeah, it is an interesting God one, isn't it? About perception. Yeah. And there's still that thing about like, there's, there's, there's that horrifying thing about like, um, actually deep down inside sometimes you're like, oh, thank God I don't look gay. Like, and it's like, it's awful. And so well, you have to retrain yourself. I do it with my voice. For time. me, I have a bit of a thing where I, I really started thinking about it because a friend made a joke where she was like, oh, Russian's biggest fear is people thinking that she's straight. And I was like, lol, that's funny. And then I started thinking about it a bit more. And I realized, so I'm, I'm from quite a small town in the north of England. And when I'm home, like I will be considerably less openly queer mm. and there are things that I like I have a t-shirt that says dyke on it and I love it <laughs> and I wear it all the bloody time when I'm in London but I wouldn't wear it at home and I do think there's a bit of a thing about that of coming into a city and coming into yeah. a space where you're accepted with your queerness when you've not always been accepted with your queerness of that you want to be more open about it because yeah. it's that space that you can yeah. and that ownership of it because you've got a safe space to do it in. I think it's a really interesting There's thing. Definitely something about, I think, about a hometown as well though. Like I purely picked my university on being as far away from my hometown as it could physically be. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went, oh, I went to Aberdeen. It was a big <laughs> mistake. I, I went to Aberdeen University. Aberdeen's a beautiful city. Everybody should visit it. But um, it's... Like, uh, the decision was really based around I could go and be queer somewhere else. It didn't even matter that it was a city. I just needed to be gay where all my, f- ch- like, my mum's friends. I the whispers. I, the yeah, whispers. like, I, when I say this, there's somebody really specific that I think of as my mum's friends. And it's so unfair because they're such, like, we, I was friends with them at school, with, like, with their kids, and my mum was friends with their mum. And for some reason, the thought of this particular woman knowing that I'm gay really horrifies me even though obviously now she knows 
she's on my Facebook, so she sees all the stuff I do. Um, and they've got a gay cousin, like, in the family. And so she said to my mum, oh, I don't know why David doesn't move back home. But for some reason, when I picture, like, people at home knowing, it's her that I picture, and she's so wonderful. But there is really that thing about, like, being back home. And so if I was to go back to that town, which I would never do, if I was, I would also try and decampify. Like, actually, I'd yeah. try and blend in. Just be, like, as non-existent it's as possible. Like, it's odd, isn't it? Because as well for me, like, so I was with a man for a very long time, lived with a guy. Um, and I think for a long time that was the kind of, that links to home as well because everyone knew me as with him. Mm. I left him because I was like, I think, I was already out as bi, but I was like, no, I think I'm gay. Um, and I think there's a lot of kind of, a little bit of weirdness around that, of people kind of, that it's a first thing. And that, that's something I think about a lot with comedy as well, because I genuinely believe sexuality is so fluid. Like, I identify as a lesbian now. I am not going to say that one day I won't be attracted to a man again. I don't know that. And, like, people might disagree with me on that. I just believe sexuality and gender, completely fluid. But there's that weird thing for me of that if, I, if that did happen to me, particularly as a comedian now where I, so many of my jokes are based around being a lesbian, mm. I'm like, well, if that ever happened to me, would everyone say I was making it up? And there's that whole level of concern yeah. around it that you almost feel like sometimes having had that experience, and I know there's a couple of other like bi women here who will probably, of that people feeling you're making it up yeah. and that it was just a phase and that you were just experimenting. And you didn't try hard enough with men. Yeah, yeah the, and that you'll go I mean? back. Like, I've had that before. And I, really? I don't, yeah. And I've, I don't know if you've done this, um, any, anybody here, but... Do you ever use your sexuality, disclosing it on stage, to, to as a weapon? Like sometimes I'll I'll look at a load of um, white men, and they all look like they voted Brexit. I know it's nothing to do with like being gay, but or straight, but they just look like straight Brexit voters with their arms folded like that. And I'm thinking, right. So I just go up and say, "Hello, I'm bisexual," and I just 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 to just to fire it at them because I know they won't like it that makes sense yeah, I mean yeah. it's part yeah, it of does. me I want to say it anyway but yeah <coughs> isn't it ridiculous that something sort of like core about you can inspire hatred or like just no, no, yeah. that sounds so ridiculous that's such a ridiculous thing but it's like, like oh, that people don't like like they do, yeah. like you don't like like I, I don't like Strictly Come Dancing like it's like oh I don't like bisexual what the fuck yeah. like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like so saying, bizarre isn't it but it is like so part of like a, a sort of culture, culture really like weird yeah. Yeah. Just, um, so I think I completely agree because I remember the second gig I ever did was to a room of uh, comedians and their friends who were all straight guys. And I started to dig out sport. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, oh sport's disgusting, hate sport. Couldn't think of anything worse. And they were all looking at me like, what are you talking about? We love sports! And I was like, not only have I told them I don't like what they like, but also now I'm talking about being gay. And it wasn't not, it wasn't a bad experience. It was traumatic. It was horrendous. It was. You know, sometimes when you're like getting a bit of a pity laugh and you're like, oh, okay, fine. It was like they were on purpose like that. Yeah. And I was, it was me and them. And it was one of the most horrendous experiences of my life. So hence why a nice queer comedy club is super helpful as well. Mm. But saying that, you know, I might dig out the queer community next time and get the same experience. <laughs> that is the thing as well. There's this, this assumption that kind of a queer room will always be accepting. And I don't and that's think that's always the case. Always the case. No, absolutely. And I, I think that there can be... I, I, in fact, think that the most kind of 
lesbian phobic behavior I've ever had comes from gay men. Absolutely. Mm. Um, absolutely. Because there's an enormous um, amount of misogyny yeah, in the game. The, the amount of misogyny, and I actually find I have it probably. I have a concern going into queer comedy spaces, um, and I'm, I'm a drag artist as well, and I have this with my drag as well, that people are like, we're gay men. We don't want women here. Yeah. And the mm. assumption is, I am woman, therefore I am linked to the straight community. Now, I'm as queer as they are, um, but sometimes those yeah. spaces can actually mm. feel particularly hostile. The, the, yeah. the problem is... Everybody has bathed in the same pool of patriarchy and misogyny, and it just comes out in different ways. So often within the gay community, it is one of the most misogynistic places that you can be in. It affects the way that gay men talk about women. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there's a really big thing, um, like, where they'll be like, ugh, vaginas, yuck, which is, like, behavior that is just totally unacceptable. Just because it's not something that you're sexually attracted to doesn't make it yuck. And you have balls. Exactly. Like, they're disgusting. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. You know, I was having an argument yeah. with someone. <laughs> We're going to talk about balls. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I said the other day to my friend, this was at a gig actually, I was like, balls are objectively ugly. I don't and, agree. And no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have to stop <laughs> you right there. Honey. When I asked him what he thought was an uglier part of the human body, he said knees. What's wrong with the knees? They're pretty bad. They're completely nondescript. Oh but knees and balls are like of the same yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're both yeah. disgusting. They've got the same yeah. kind of like uh, loose skin kind they of. They have old man's skin, yeah. right? Yeah, it's they the do. loose yeah. skin, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, maybe my balls are No right. eating, guys. <laughs> Don't eat if you're, if right. you're listening to right. that. I'm wrong. No, right. Can we play a complete game of knees or balls? No, if you do that, like, it does look like balls. Anyway. I'm not backing down on this. This is a core issue. I'm in, agree <laughs> I'm in agreement, but I just want to say, going back to like the misogyny thing, it does also come out in um, like bottom shaming and like femme shaming and that we put like the really masculine men, mm -hmm. like Jeremy, right at the top um, and then the feminine men at the bottom. Generally, that is like a thing that happens. So it is like it's a real thing and it's terrible. It's really bad in the gay community. And, and it's something that needs to be called out all the time. because more of the reaction that, in terms of homophobia from straight men that I will get is fetishization. Yeah. yeah. And that I think there is an mm. assumption that that's better. Um, and, and that, that, that that's less dangerous. Well. And that that is less, has a less of a negative impact on you. Well, and we measure success, like for the LGBT community by what affects cis white gay men. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that's like, oh, if they're okay, then that's fine. That's not, like, that's not an acceptable yardstick. Is that I was having that conversation today, actually, with my friend, because I said I was coming to this podcast. And I don't mind the word queer. I like it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good catch-all. I both believe in labels and believe that we don't need them, right? I think they serve yeah. a function, right? Um, he doesn't like the words, right? He's a little bit older than me, and he's like, mm -hmm. I don't like it because way back then, yeah. Um, yeah. it was used against us. And we had this whole conversation today, and he was like, well, what's wrong with the word gay? And I was like, well, that doesn't work for everyone it's I don't know why you would think he's like it worked for us back then why can it work now and I was like there's so many other things and then he's like you know why am I forced to do this and it's quite interesting that someone that I would see within like the same community I understand that perspective especially if it's been used against you and I you know I'm for or against reclaiming words for things like you know I, I mean different really to be yeah. fair but um to not be able to understand why people want to use that word and to actively be angry that people were using yeah. it I found mm. really bizarre yeah it's interesting because I Always, like, again, as I said, I use the word lesbian now, but I would always much prefer to identify myself as queer because, for me, 
that's the, almost the beauty in in it is the fluidity of it. it is it is that it's a label without a box it's just it's nice it's freeing for me is the word yeah. queer um and I, and I do a lot of thinking about it of whether I would kind of like to go back to a space where I just refer in those terms but then the reason I think I stopped was because of that because there were so many people that just didn't like the word mm. um or didn't understand the word but then again you're saying weaponized when I was at school gay was the yeah that's what yeah. I was thinking yeah, yeah it was like yeah. it's also that's also for all of us like a reclaimed word mm. yeah like and, a word yeah. which is used to sort of like as a stick to and see for me queer is just about taking the sex out of it queer talks about my whole lifestyle Whereas gay is like bum sex. It's more the sex mm. Yeah, side and it. like it yeah. just influences my entire life. It's about the way I live my life, who I interact with and how I do it. And for me, I, queer was a troubling word for me at first, but mm. I guess it's I've reclaimed it. And it just, it's more of a catch-all and it means it's not about sex. I, mean, I could I never have, have sex again and still be queer. I have queer sex. <laughs> I have. Um, it's just queer, not no, reclaimed at all. Yeah. It's just odd. It's just it's unusual. Odd. Yeah, it's yeah. really yeah. weird. Please, yeah. like, <laughs> there's so many knees in Struggling. You should see what I do with my mouth. <laughs> 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 suck on my knees. I want to ask Ben, going back to your, your comment, Ben, about yeah. you make that decision not to come out on stage. Yeah. And is that more of a, a fuck you to the audience? Or is it a, oh, I, I don't see the need to and I don't see why I should or why it's relevant or... Oh, I'm trying not to psychoanalyze myself too much. Yes, I might cry. Uh, <laughs> Do it. We'll get <laughs> <laughs> Always get <Yeah>. listeners. <laughs> I, to be honest, I think it's a. Fu- I don't. Why should I have to come out to you? Yeah. And and you're going to figure it out. But then I think the problem with that is my first couple of jokes never hit as well because, like you said, there is that mm. unease. So I think I am making a trade. Um, but I'm also like I don't want to I've already come out I'm not going to come out every time I'm on stage we have to and come it's out your everywhere. work isn't it it's your I mean it's, it's going to sound so pretentious but stand up is art it's, we're all performing works of art and things that are expressing something about ourselves so you get to say the terms in which you want to do that so there's yeah, no, yeah. no one else saying it's I don't want to do that but that's and it's not like you said about people choices don't know. and right choice yeah. so people no right find choice. out it's not like yeah. I'm hiding yeah yeah it's a weird yeah no because like, I could because I actually got told in a comedy course that yeah. I needed to come out in earlier. I needed to come out really early because otherwise. Mm. And he was saying it from a from the perspective of like a very very straight kind of mask man who was just like, well, was just, you could be gay, but I wasn't really sure. So all these jokes you were making about like fingering or whatever, like yeah. um, like um, it it was confusing, and I needed to be like I needed to know that you were a gay man so that we could put you in that box, and then I could yeah. easily and happily laugh about you. And I think it's really awesome not to do that. Um, and just take the unease about yeah, it. Yeah, I am, um, when I do or joke writing with, and I get my, my partner to sort of listen to me, and he's like, that's crap, no, that's awful, don't do that. Sometimes he's like, if you just took gay out of the set, how would, that, how would that go? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know, I've never done it. Does everybody hear this all the time though? Like, mm. oh, you shouldn't be doing, like, have you got any stuff that isn't gay? To which my answer is no, because the, I write about how I interact with the world mm. and... That is the thing, isn't it? Because like I do have a lot of content that lands exactly the same, whether it you know I'm queer or not. Because my other defining characteristic is I'm very northern. <laughs> 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 but like, it is still to me that's still queer comedy because it's been told by, by me, yeah. 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 and I am queer, and yeah. that's a big part of me. And it's just your said, perspective you know, on the world. Yeah. My, yeah, my, and mm-hmm. that's why, again, I love the word queer mm. because I think it's the way I view the world, the way I see the world, the way I go gender. Fuck that shit. Like, 
it's cool and it's who I am and everything I do is queer and like I yeah really, I really like that that's gonna be my response in future do you have anything which isn't gay it's like literally everything I do is gay uh, yeah. I am gay like if yeah. I'm gonna be talking about the weather I'm gonna be talking yeah. about like, I take the weather good gay as a gay yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah let's talk about some gay weather Hannah like, Gatsby when she was doing the net she said that in one of her um, she's a re- like a really famous Australian stand-up um, who Nanette was like groundbreaking and everybody should watch it if you've never seen it it's incredible but she had this bit in there where she was like the last um, special that she did on her tour she had loads of lesbians come up and complain that there wasn't enough lesbian content and she's literally like I was on stage the whole time it's exactly that she's like everything I talk about is lesbian content everything I talk about is queer like even if I was just going to tell a joke about going to the supermarket that interaction has happened in a way that is informed by who I am and who I am as a queer man. So that's like, you can't get away from it. Yeah. If I take, if you take the gay out, then there isn't anything because that's literally how you experience the world. And I think one of those things that I struggled with was comedy clubs can be quite datey for straight couples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you realise that you're talking about something, they're, they're like, oh, that's not our experience. So... Setting up something like this, I think, is great because we're going to have people who are like, oh, we totally get it. But also, I don't know if you find this with, with your queer friends as well, but like, sometimes my, my queer mates are a bit scared to go to public oh, clubs. Yes. 100%. Mm, I don't or, know. Or, or, or audience participation yeah. without yeah. humiliating you with exactly. the information. Exactly. Yeah. It's all too exactly. visible, isn't it? Yeah, 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 well, yeah, and yeah. also, there's so much transphobia and homophobia yeah. still yeah. there on the circuit. Yeah. Like, mm. And you can't invite your friends in the knowledge that they might sit down and you don't know what's yeah, going on. You have to want yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. nice knowing that you've got, I mean, not that I have also seen, as we've, we've you know, addressed, you, you can be queer and still homophobic or transphobic you really really can but mm-hmm. um it is largely you're in a safer space um but it's also interesting because we're saying about people getting it and stuff but like i have no guarantee that anybody else's experience of dating is going to be anything like mine because i have so many strands to my personality and i think that's what makes comedy exciting and interesting and like we we're saying how i used to be like oh my God, there's another lesbian. No one's going to laugh. They're going to have done the game thing for me. Like, no, because there's not going to be a lesbian whose life has taken the same course as mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it, it's the complete, like, multi-layered elements of our being that queerness is only one part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that quite a, a nice and exciting yeah. thing. And it's now, like, I love spending time with queer comics because I'm like, well, you probably won't have experienced all the things I've experienced. But, yeah. you know... You're probably going to get it a little bit more. There'll be an empathy there. We'll there's an like, empathy. Oh, empathy. Yeah, that's the exactly. Right that's yeah, the right that's word. The right there's word. an empathy with it. There's an empathy and an understanding. We can relax. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, it's yes, whatever. It's, yeah. Because it's. I think also when in on on the circuit, there's a lot of times that I've seen where straight non queer people, whatever we're going to call them, they don't necessarily even realise that what they're saying is transphobic or is homophobic like I think there's an element where there's some people who aren't doing it deliberately but they say something I'm thinking very particular guy who's an older guy who tells a a series of jokes about robots and I think he doesn't actually realize that what he's saying is transphobic but I think that's all phobias like no one intentionally goes I don't know some people do I think active like political like most sort of like homophobia and transphobia is is, is... I think the the straight guys who were like, oh, I spent, you know, I'm I'm all on a, I'm on all the dating apps, or I had that one day when I was on Grinder, saw you on there, so just like 
that's just yeah, outright that's, homophobia. Yeah. You think the concept mm. of being gay is yeah, there? It's, it's like that's just that basic. So many times. Yeah, but yes. that person wouldn't take it as inte- wouldn't take it as intent, and that's the problem. Yeah, the intent isn't homophobia. The intent mm. is a joke which they think is appropriate within a. Yeah. But that's where it comes yeah. from. So it's it's actually overcoming. I mean, of course, the, the like, biggest crime with that joke is that we're all going to hear it like three times a week because they're <laughs> doing it. Uh, it might be crazy, but I don't I don't mind that sort of stuff just as long as it's smart. Like I, I you know, because yeah. I do, I, I don't want to go for like the easy wins. I, you know. Although I think I'm pretty basic with my comedy, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I, there was like a thing that was going around the past couple of days where I was like, is there a line for comedy? And I do believe there is a line. I don't know what it is. But for me, I won't take, I don't take offence easy to many things. Um, I just need you to be funny. It needs to be funny. Yeah. I just need you yeah. to be funny. That's it. And intelligent. And that's a big part of it, I think, is there are some, <clears throat> there was this real thing. And again, this is moving off queerness back to being a woman. But um with everything going on in America, there was this week where every gig I went to, it had at least three men making abortion jokes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're not saying, and you could talk about what's going on now in a really smart and funny mm-hmm. way, and I would be fine with it, but you're not. You're just mm-hmm. making a really basic joke about knocking someone up. And it's not funny. Mm. And I think that is the thing. Mm. Be respectful of other people. Don't punch down. Yeah. And do yeah. it in a bloody clever way. But also being clever and being funny tends to be quite, like, it tends not to be offensive anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. no one's sort of like, yeah. the, the offensive, the, 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 that's what's frustrating is like there was some sort of racist comedians like oh he's really racist he's really homophobic really transphobic but oh my god just so clever like no one's ever said that because yeah. it's not no, it's not possible yeah. uh, and I think the the, the the privilege factor there if someone's creating comedy and thinking that they're going to deliver something that's hilarious without even thinking it could offend you know I come from a place of, of white privilege in so many aspects of my life um, but, but, but being sort of anchored down by my sort of queer past, it makes me think, actually, I know that my words will affect somewhere else. And, and, and not having that, well, maybe, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe they can just write freely. I just don't get how they write, though. It's like, <laughs> I write every night. With a crayon. With a pen. <laughs> like, everything I write, or all my material, is about what happens to me. Like, someone said to me, how do you write? And I was like, shit just happens to me. Like... And it's funny, like, my Did, life's a joke. And I don't get how you can sit down and go, I'm going to write about something, something I know else. absolutely right. nothing about. Yeah. I mean, it's really simple. Just write about your own experience. It's hard enough doing that. Having to invent a whole thing or trying to do something else. I'd Just find... don't talk about the stuff that you don't know. So many, I probably haven't to everybody, but so many people are like, so they do something and they're like, oh, I know you're going to use this in your set. And oh, I'm like, God. I only oh, talk about myself. I'm self-obsessed. That's why I'm doing this. Yes, it's like, I don't need, my life. Yeah, I don't need what you think is hilarious. Like, I know straight people don't find me funny anyway, so I don't know what's that about. I don't know. Is that true? That, no, yeah. I, that's not my dad saw you, that's and true. my dad is straight, I believe, and <laughs> you're hilarious. Oh, maybe oh, really? you get the oh, Kevin McCallion seal of approval. Oh, okay. Oh, I quite like the idea that we use Sally Ann to out people. So yeah, 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 Sally Ann. Yes. What's that water stick? Oh, like a divine oh, yeah. stick. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so we're coming towards the end of our time. Um, so, Matthew, have you got anything you want to promote and where can we find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on Instagram called All Teeth and Chips with underscore in between each I of those. have got to ask why, why because every time I tag you in something I'm like what is this about? I don't know like I was really old coming to Instagram I only got it like two years ago um, and 
I was like typing in things, nothing works. And I was like, okay, well, no one has that one. And that was it. And then now it's just to change <laughs> Get it. Best that, way. that is the least satisfying. It is. Now, now no. I want to change it. I want to change it, but I can't. Okay. You can. Find me. Oh. You can. Could you sort of break it up? And is it, it, are there underscores in there as well? There are. Did you just pick two nouns and just be like? Have you ever seen Love Island? When somehow they do no, the hashtag no. and do the words. No one's seen Love Island. I no. have seen Love Island. No. Come on, yes. you needs to step up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. it's too straight. Yeah, straight. Straight. Straight people that do that stuff. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely obsessed. Okay, um, so what is it? All, all teeth and chips with underscores. Yeah. Okay, Ben. Anything you want to promote, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Ben underscore Pollard ninety nine. Um, or I'm also getting into Hinge. Um, <laughs> so, pop up. <laughs> Just be near me. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram, fellow Sally Ann, or I've got a website, sallyannfellows.uk. Um, my my uh, handle, do we call it a handle anymore? I God think knows. we do. Oh <laughs> I do, I'm pretty too. Um, uh, is uh, jeremy.pop on, uh, on all the socials, but also uh, I run a comedy night called The Comedy Cliff, uh, so please give us a follow, a monthly open night, which is uh, inclusive and, uh, and a giggle it's a good as well. Night. It's really good awesome. Night. And uh, yeah. Yeah, um, just on Instagram and I think. Yeah, um, uh, it's just my name, Michael Coombs. I'm the only one. You can just Google me, actually. It's just it's just me and all my achievements. <laughs> <laughs> very, very few searches. Oh, uh, <laughs> and a, oh, no, and a urologist in Western Australia. Uh, yeah, that's me. I can recommend the urologist. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Roshi Comedy on Instagram or roshimccallion.com. And you've got Oh, and yes, yes, I have a show at Brighton Comedy Fringe um, on the 21st of October. So it would be lovely to see some of you there. And you can find me on Insta at KTSdale. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. David Ian. Website's davidian.co.uk, which is also where you can get tickets for the Queer Comedy Club, which runs monthly um, at Zodiac Bar. And uh, the open mic night is at on the unicorn you don't need tickets for that it's free entry um and my show mediocre gay is touring around all the festivals and fringes the next ones coming up are watford fringe on the 30th of september and i'm also doing the brighton comedy fringe on the 18th of october and i'm doing whole comedy festival at a date in november that i can't remember i think it might be the and I think all your promos need their own podcast. I know. Plus, Kate and I do have another podcast called Mediocre Gay, the podcast, which is great. Have a listen to that. Otherwise, we will see you next month. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Queer Comedy Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Queer Comedy Club. Check out upcoming gigs on queercomedyclub.co.uk. And don't forget to rate and review us to help others enjoy this podcast too. 